You're listening to the Small Town Monsters Broadcasting Network. You can find out more about this and other network shows, as well as Small Town Monsters films, books, our upcoming Kickstarter campaign, and much more at smalltownmonsters.com. Welcome to uh, <laughs> to the uh, the Small Town Monsters YouTube channel live chat um, about on the trail of Bigfoot, the legend, which premiered today for the first time on our YouTube channel. Um, typically, the show is hosted by Aaron Deese. This week, it's just me, Seth Breedlove, and I'm thankfully joined by uh mark matsky um we're gonna talk about on the trail of bigfoot the legend i have some behind the scenes photos sent to me by mark taken on location hours before i got violently ill um it was still the good times at that point yeah the best it was the best of times (laughs) um so i want to go i want to go over uh some stuff real quick before we get into this but um the uh, first thing I have to mention is that next year, sometime in June, I don't know the date. <laughs> I don't have the date in front of me. Uh, we're doing Monster Fest in Canton, Ohio. I'm trying to find a photo. There's a photo here. I don't have the photo. I don't know where the photo went. Oh, there it is. Monster Fest doesn't give it doesn't give it a date, and I'm bad with dates, so I don't have the date in front of me. Uh, but next June, get your tickets, smalltownmonsters.com. Um, oh, wait, June 29th. Hey, boom, there it Perfect. is. Wow, yeah. uh, June 29th, 2024. <laughs> There's also going to be a premiere, a film premiere on the 28th at the uh, the uh, the, the thing, the Canton Palace Theater. Um, nice, and then we also have coming up the uh, Small Town Monsters Kickstarter which launches on February 1st, 2024. Um, we do a little live stream on uh, the same night of the announcement. So you can come watch the live stream, interact with the STM crew and uh, learn more about that. Um, yeah. So that's, that's all. Now, how do I get rid of these things? Oh my goodness. This is why I don't do this. All right. Hey. There we go. So so uh so I'm going to try to monitor chat and stuff and hopefully um if you're watching this live and you want to drop questions in the comments, I will uh read them on air and Mark and I will answer them. So that's a big deal. We're excited about that. Um she, wow, Aaron is so very very detailed in how he does this i am uh i'm probably not going to be able to follow along to this extent um but the, mark and i so for anyone that doesn't know mark and i uh i'm seth Breedlove. that's mark matsky um Hello. mark and i used to do a podcast called sass what which is how uh not how we met we met very fortuitously at a ohio bigfoot conference back in 2014 I believe um, that is but, correct, but yeah, uh, but we've been, we've been at this for years together. Um, and so I wanted to, uh, 
I wanted to mention that at the top of the show. If you're interested in hearing Mark and I talk more, you can find uh, Sasquatch episodes on iTunes. You can find our show, our other show we did, Monsteropolis, as well. Um, but someone posted, let's all wish Je uh, Jeff Meldrum get well wishes. Uh, so, yeah, definitely. I don't know how many people are familiar with what's going on, but Je it sounds like Jeff Meldrum uh, fell ill while on a, uh, a cruise and uh, had to be emergency evac'd. So definitely thoughts and prayers in a very literal sense with Jeff Meldrum, who's who's one of the better people I've had the opportunity to to talk to um, regarding Bigfoot stuff. And I haven't had the chance to work with him, but we have very often shared booth space or or table mm -hmm. table space near each other at various events. Uh, and he's always very um very open and, and, and an interesting guy to talk to. So definitely keep him in your, in your prayers. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the, someone asked, uh, hold on, let me find this real quick. Where to go. Someone asked if tables or booth space is still available at monster fest. Um, if you go on the website and email Courtney, um, she'll, she'll handle all that stuff. I don't know if there is, I don't know if there actually is booth space right now. I think we're all sold out, but we do have a wait list for vendors. So, um, J.E. Roberts said, watching from Ohio, love STM. Where are you at, J.E.? I want to know. Not, not, don't be specific on, on YouTube ever. Uh, that would not be good for any of us. <laughs> um, but I did want to mention we have members joining us. We've got Juan Juan. We've got, that one uh leroy spooner these are all great this is great i think this is the coolest thing about the 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 live streams is that this stuff shows up like i didn't yeah. even know these things popped into the comments so but anyway i hope people in the comments um oh je said he's about halfway between cleveland and columbus so he's he's probably west of me i'm over in maslin mark is up in mark i'm going to hand out your home address if that's yeah. all right Echo, uh, sure. <laughs> Mark is uh, it's the shell near... station at Run. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sheets over by. Here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. If I, if for anyone that watched the uh, premiere of uh, On the Trail of Bigfoot, the legend today, uh, if you have questions about that film or any of our other STM. Uh, projects, please drop them in the comments and we'll get to that stuff. So I am going to read you, Mark, questions that Aaron had prepared for you. Oh, okay. Because I think these are important. Uh, he, his first one was, how did you get involved in Sasquatch research? Hmm. Wow. That's an interesting question. I guess, in a sense, I got started when I was very young, you know, reading the books of Mary and T. Place, uh, on the track of Bigfoot and Bigfoot all over the country and then moving qu quickly to the board's uh, Bigfoot casebook and, of course, Lauren Coleman's Mysterious America and then everything else that he wrote after that. So that's that was sort of the baseline for me growing up was reading those type of volumes. Uh, active research was really um, not until you and and I met and we actually started to go out to locations that had um, a history of sightings 
and talking to eyewitnesses and so forth. So, you know, it turned something that was at first just simply a personal interest. And then uh, just because of the way things worked out, the opportunity presented itself through small town monsters to do the action, the active research part of that. So that, I guess for me, that really began with the trip down to Falk, Arkansas. Yeah. Falk was good. What's up, buddy? Hold on. Hmm. Come here. Yes, I got you donuts. Night. Night. Are you going to bed? Give me a cut. Give me a kiss. Love you. All right. Um. Yeah, Falk was uh Falk was a baptism uh, for a lot of us into uh, being being out in the in the field uh, in a in a probably the squatchiest place I think any of us had ever been. Um, mm-hmm. That was back in 2016. So um what what was the i know it was the books but like when was there ever a point where you were like i want to actively go out looking for bigfoot or i mean have you ever you know like do you ever have that approach to going out in the woods i think the closest thing to that that i had before stm was the fact that starting in 20 uh um when would that have been? 2010, 2011, we moved down to Southeast Ohio where we lived for five years. It was during that time that, you know, you and I met. But we lived in, you know, this was at the height of sort of the uh, first run popularity of Finding Bigfoot and some Monster Quest episodes and so forth pointed us in the direction of Salt Fork State Park, which at that time we were, 45 to 50 minutes door to door. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my son was relatively young at that time and had developed his own interest in Bigfoot and cryptids. So that really was our launching pad into, you know, research and going to places where there was at least an oral history of Bigfoot sightings. We went to uh, Salt Fork for the day, you know, and, and hiked around, found some of the locations that were named on the the tv shows and just thought you know well here's where it happened for somebody and got a sense of it that way so i guess that's really it was opportunity knocks sort of thing where we lived close enough to a a known hot spot to do our own boots on the ground research okay mark i am getting messages that your audio is messed up on on my end it's still cracking i think what we might want to do is if you shut down and then pop back in i'll just see if see if i can answer some questions that are coming in for me in the meantime but all right i don't think i would just try to reboot and see if it fixes the problem all right yeah all right cool i'll be um i'm gonna answer some of these questions real quick that have been popping into the chat let me see okay um let me see seth this one was specifically for me so what was your most memorable moment while filming this episode and what do you do differently investigating and picking places now compared to then um good question um let me double check something i'm trying to make sure my audio is decent but um the most member so so the thing to understand about this series in particular on the trail of bigfoot the legend 
and on the trail of Bigfoot, the search was that these were, so this was a six episode miniseries originally that we filmed across the um, United States. It, we filmed in over 20 States. And I want to say there was over 20 interviews featured um, throughout. So while, while filming in all those different locations, um, you know, it's just, it's just there's so, there were so many things happening, so many locations that we were shooting in. Um, I it, it's hard to pick a most memorable out of the whole thing. Um, Mark and I, I'm sure, will talk a little bit about our trip to to Washington. I mean, what happened on that trip has been by far one of the most memorable things that ever happened to me on any trip, and not for great reasons. Um, <laughs> but the definitely the the trip to area x which is featured in the next installment which we will be posting here on youtube pretty soon is probably my overall most most memorable um moment while filming uh because of you know the things that i experienced there while we were shooting that particular episode and you guys will see that stuff as soon as that episode posts um what do you do differently uh, investigating and picking places now compared to then. I don't know that I do anything differently. <laughs> um, I, the, the biggest difference is I, um, I have a research assistant now in Heather who, who kind of helps compile uh, research and, and find people to interview. But um, with the on the trail of Bigfoot series in particular, it's still pretty much business as usual. Like it hasn't changed a lot since, you know, since the early days when I was kind of doing all that stuff myself. So I think, I, I don't think that much has changed. Um, I think maybe my approach to the filming is just, there's more experience now. So we know what we're looking for and what we need to do. I think we're far more efficient than we used to be um, when we go on to, to these locations. I'll tell you, tell you the biggest thing. And this is kind of sad, but when I go to these locations, I'm not expecting to find anything. Uh, I'm not, you know, you asked about investigating. I'm not expecting to have an encounter. I'm not expecting to, to get, get have any kind of audio or visual sighting. Um, just because the amount of time I'm in a location when we're filming is so, so uh, sparse um, that it's not a realistic uh, expectation for what I'm doing, but I do things differently from like Alexander. Um, when Alexander Petikov goes into the woods, he's going at least partially to hopefully try to find some sort of evidence or, you know, ev evidence, get something in, in terms of evidence. Uh, whereas I'm, I typically am going into, to this as a, as a, as a documentarian, I'm there to document other people's experiences and put that on film for an audience and and that's what I'm doing. So it's a little different. However, having said that, I guess, especially in this series, we did have multiple things happen. Um, the area X episode is full of interesting audio and, and video that was found on different locations. And um, the Adams, Ohio, Adams County, Ohio episode has some really interesting audio. So we have found things. I just am to the point where I don't expect it. So I think that's probably a good approach. Mark, Mark, are you, do you think you got that fixed? I, I hopefully <laughs> it I still sounds something crackly. blue it's, on it. And uh, yeah, 
did you restart your computer or just just no, boot down? You don't think that would fix? When somebody it? says your audio sounds fine, so I don't know. Do they? Okay, I'm getting okay. Well, I was getting text messages on my end, but maybe it's fine. I'm not worried about it as long as we can soldier through. <laughs> um, I don't hear anything on my end, um, and I don't know oh, yeah, what would be I different. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Someone else said your audio is fine too. So that's, okay. that's good. All right. Um, someone asked if we have ever been to the Bigfoot museum in Blue Ridge, Georgia. I have not. Have you, I don't know if we've talked about this. I have no. not. Okay. Um, we know Dave, Dave, Dave's a good, a good dude. So, so Dave's, Dave's a good guy. And, uh, but I haven't had the chance to go to the museum. Um, Mark, this is for you, for sure. Do you have your own Bigfoot call? I do not have my own Bigfoot call, but I have my own Bigfoot sound. Oh, yeah. I am asked to unleash. Um, yeah. On occasion. We did that. I did that in British Columbia to mm. dazzling effect. But, uh, yeah, that, that I can't re replicate that here, though, right, right now. Yeah. <laughs> a bad idea uh what is your most compelling sighting that you have heard about that makes you wonder i love the details of albert osman's case when you dig deeper into it and how do you how he described their habits um yeah well i guess what is your favorite mark compelling sighting well um there's lots of them obviously the william rowe sighting i think is compelling because it was so close uh you know the uh, the witness was so close to whatever was cited and the details are such and such uh, reported so well that it does make you wonder i mean it's either great writing and fully fabricated uh or it is just a guy's experience in the woods and uh, you know all adding up to that same british columbia area that we're enamored of mm -hmm. um i would i still i'm a i'm still a big ape canyon fan um ostman ape canyon ruby creek the originals are all we touch on ape canyon and uh Ostman in the, the first episode of the series uh, mm -hmm. on the trail of Bigfoot, the legend, and then um, Ruby Creek will get a pretty, pretty big dissection. Um, I don't even know if that's the right word for it. And in, in on the trail of Bigfoot, the origin, which is coming uh, late this year or early next year uh, for the general public. So those are some of mine, my favorites. All right. I'm going back to Aaron's questions for you. Um, let me look. Um, okay. Four years since the release, has your perspective on the Sasquatch phenomena changed versus when the film came out? Hmm. I don't think it has changed in any, any, uh, meaningful way. My, my thoughts on it are, are fairly similar, I guess I would say in terms of loving the history and the location that are profiled in this uh, in the legend in particular thinking back to our 
visits is like the Olympic project and the Olympic Peninsula, I think. If anything, you know, my, my open-mindedness towards the, the possibility or probability of something having enough space to live is, it, that's certainly is, my experience has been, uh, it's magnified that because you see places like Washington, Washington State, British Columbia, all of Canada, the Adirondacks, et cetera. And you, it's very apparent that there's a lot of space that goes unseen on a daily basis by human eyes. So I suppose if, if my perspective has changed, it's just been to say that the, um, the habitat is certainly there for things to move about that uh, we don't have any sense of and it makes it it makes it more mysterious than when there are sightings that are much closer to population centers because it makes you wonder why in the world would a creature like bigfoot wander close to human habitations when they have all this other open space to work with Mm -hmm. so andrew lopez uh buddy i'd just cancel your membership then (laughs) like (laughs) <laughs> that's that's just an annoying comment yeah <laughs> good grief let me just uh... well I, I do have a box of rice krispies at my feet so that could be it <laughs> good grief the the live stream right now is literally free for everybody so whatever you <laughs> paid for isn't going to be worth it to me um all right so we we had a person pop a couple of these in the comments i wanted to get to it so i wasn't ignoring it um I am curious. I'm assuming we're talking about like tree structures and, and things like that. So I am curious to hear your take on this, Mark. Um, this was for, this was originally for someone in the comments, but he posted it again for us. So I wanted to post it in there. On the so what's your take on the, the X's? Yeah. Well, I guess my, my take on it is that it's, it's much like wood knocking for, I see a direct comparison between those two phenomena in the sense that to my knowledge, no one has ever observed a Sasquatch a doing wood knocking with a stick or B putting, you know, that making the X structures in the woods. So until that happens, then it's a, you know, it's an open question. Something's assembling those or, you know, when there's wood, when there's tree breaks, for example, that could simply be natural falls of wood and, and trees in the woods with a uh, windstorm, things of that nature. But I, you know, I guess beyond the fact that it's not been an observed behavior, it's speculation and interesting speculation to be sure, whenever you come across something in the woods that has clearly been constructed, then you have to come to terms with what the possibilities are. And one possibility, I suppose, is something that's big and strong enough to manipulate trees, which, you know, is for anyone who spent time in the woods, those are extremely dense, heavy objects, even when they're fairly small in diameter. So the mm-hmm. So to, you know, conceive of assembling those and making sure that they don't move, uh, that takes a lot of work. So whoever put it together 
uh, has some strength and agility. Um, so we we shot Mark. Was this 2018 that we shot or 2019? My 18. Yep, August 18. So 2018. Yeah. Um. So we began filming. I I don't I don't remember. Um when the actual shooting began for this i know i shot an interview with lauren coleman very early on like in march of i want to say it was march of 2018 um and there were other interviews shot throughout that year basically at any events that we could do mark and i did an especially memorable trip to uh washington in uh i believe it was september correct it was late august into labor day weekend so yeah okay end of august early september i don't know what that face is that i have in that oh i still have this comment up hold on <laughs> oh hold on let me pull this down there we go all yeah. right so <laughs> these these are photos that were taken while we were on this shoot uh which was so we were in washington to do the international bigfoot conference um so these are photos from from the event that mark and i did um and then we okay the the sequence of events was we flew into the um what was the town what's the city we flew into we flew into kennewick kennewick washington yeah. and then we drove yeah. north up into um seattle and then f- further up into the uh olympic peninsula correct isn't that like how we basically well, the, did it yeah the f- first day we went directly west along the columbia river and then up yeah. into uh vancouver washington oh yeah and up to st on st helens all on yeah. one day yeah and then back down on st helens <laughs> yeah we shot so we we drove up to mount st helens to interview um to interview mark marcel yeah. there we go That's, that is that is a pretty cool shot so that was a photo uh that's the van that's the infamous that is van. The van. yeah uh th- this is how crazy the shoot was we were out on this mountain just just hours after we had landed in in washington and drove drove all the way up to get to mount st helens and and then had to rocket up to to film the sun setting behind Mount St. Helens, we, we had to get as much as we could get done in like this very short amount of time. We were both pretty jet. We were weirdly like jet lag tired. We hadn't eaten much. I don't think we'd mm-hmm. probably drank enough water. Um, and we were, we were out there. That shot is just so cool. The way the sun, the rays are coming yeah. off the, the mountain there. But, um, but we we rushed up there and then we shot this interview um, right as the right as the sun was setting on the other side of the mountain and got the interview done, got some really unbelievable footage of mm-hmm. the of the sunset. What do you remember about that, that night? Oh, man. Well, I mean, the, not only were we, you know, we our day started at like 3 a.m. or something and we. We went from Akron Canton to Detroit to Salt Lake City to Kennewick, got in a car, drove essentially across the state of Washington and up and then uh, up up Mount St. Helens, knowing that we 
he had X amount of light to work with, right? And then probably within about a half, half hour of our ultimate destination, we ran into roadwork. Do you remember this? And they were yeah. like paving a road. Yeah. So we had to sit there for 25 minutes. And uh, finally, that we got past that and followed Mark up the mountain. But it was once we got up to that location and of of course, now it's it's very clear why he selected that as the place to go, because not only was it just an incredible vista from where we were, uh, where uh, I believe it's the northeast part of the mountain, but it's where the, the Ape Canyon Trailhead is located. So we were there so, you know, so very briefly, uh, but I have uh, shots of the Ape canyon trailhead sign and just being there was surreal you know that's a word that gets used a lot these days but it really was surreal because the place that i've thought about for such a long time and it goes going back to like 1980 when the mountain blew up mm. uh just occupying a space in my mind so to be there with mark and have him giving his super insight baseball take on fred beck and all of the ape canyon incident story was uh pretty much one of the most unforgettable stm days for me yeah yeah for me too the next day we drive so that's when we drive north up into the olympic peninsula yeah um and we had, we got to bed so we're we're also like three hours off we were th three hours off because of the flight and I don't think either of us had acclimated properly to the time change, although you were much more on your game than I was. So the next day we got up to uh, the Olympic uh, project HQ. And then we went out with um, Derek and Shane, which was seen in, in the second episode. Some of that was seen in the second episode. We have photos from that too. There mm -hmm. we all are in HQ. This is up at, I don't remember the name of that place. Is they rock house or giant rock? Yeah. Big old, yeah. big old rock rock house. Yeah. That's, there's a rock. house. Uh, there we are. This is this the, watch. Looking at these photos is like giving me PTSD. Oh, uh, oh no. <laughs> just so we drive. So, so we drove up there. We interviewed Derek and Shane, uh, Shane, takes us on a hike up up the mountain there which is it wasn't a crazy elevation and now in retrospect and understanding what was happening i definitely don't think i had full-on altitude sickness i think i had altitude sickness mixed with like dehydration i think it was just horrifically dehydrated mm -hmm. but i got super sick and it cut the whole shoot short basically is what happened so we get we ended up needing to drive all the way back down to kennewick um in a much quicker fashion than we we had originally intended we did spend a night in the yakima valley and you, you did some i think some sightseeing and stuff there mm -hmm. um but we were basically the the trip was cut short at that time we ended up back in kennewick before we had originally intended but still super memorable like um for some reason one one part of this that really stands out to me today is uh driving uh driving just driving around that state with you um was like kind of my first time really seeing mountains like that up close mm -hmm. um and so for me it was like a huge 
huge step in in my filmmaking adventure because all of a sudden I, I was going from like the midwest out to you know out to truly mountainous parts of the country and that was something i'd always wanted wanted to do so um the but the one of the most memorable things to me is always just driving around with you and talking and listening to podcasts and music and stuff yeah. so yeah um let me see okay so we had a lot of questions pop in so i'm mm-hmm. gonna throw some of those up okay some of these most of these have very little to do with with uh well this is just a nice comment i appreciate all the styles of filming they're all informative most interesting um uh, let me see this is interesting what are your thoughts about wood knocks actually not being wood at all and like primates making the sound of clapping hands in front of the mouth this is what mark was referring to earlier by the way but mark if you want to comment on that sure well i i would have to answer that question by saying i my thoughts on it are is probably that that's what is being heard most of the time and it's a sound that's fairly easy to replicate once you get the hang of it and i've had a lot of fun on boats and around campfires and stuff trying to teach people how to do it but once you do it it produces a remarkably loud sound and then you imagine then a a much larger human-like being doing the same thing and it's no wonder that sound can carry a very long distance uh that then by the way this is something that was first introduced the idea was introduced to me by tom powell either in the book the locals or hearing a lecture that he did at the ohio bigfoot conference one of those two things uh he introduced that idea and i think it it bypassed a lot of the the people who were observing it or they just sort of brushed it off but i'm the type of person who goes home and tries it and i tried it and it really did work and uh, i i put a lot of credence in that the the popping that that can be done yeah uh mark's mark we very often will use mark's ability to do this uh, in place of actual wood knocks when we're in the wood um when we're in the forest like doing shoots or something it's also a fun party trick uh okay all right let me look here okay uh this was this just popped up yesterday what do you think about the news of the gold mine being found at ape canyon by one of the men's family members that was a big i don't know if you saw the the post by mark marcel this week but mark marcel uh posted something about this news and then i know jeremiah byron over at um bigfoot society did a did a podcast episode about about the the lost mine uh being found um I mean, I know on my end, I just think it's cool that we have some uh, another another piece of corroborating evidence for that story. Uh, there's a lot of it, you know, that that Mark's turned up over the years, but mm-hmm. this is one of the bigger pieces of that. I don't know if you wanted to chime in on that or not. Well, but... yeah, I I think it's it's super cool. Um, it doesn't surprise me that Mark's research would help unearth that and uh, knowing what i know about the story it's of huge historic significance because that's what got them up there in the first place 
uh, you know, Beck mm-hmm. and his companions weren't going up, up there to see Bigfoot or apes or whatever they were thinking they were. You know, they had their a whole different agenda. And for that to have been located, I just think the historical value of that's extremely high. Um, Lisa asked if we will be at Mothman Festival this coming weekend. I will not. I, I'm sure somebody from SDM will be there walking around, um, but this will be the first year SDM will not have been there since 2015. So I'm going on a trip with my dad and my sister that also will involve some STM uh, filming um, uh, out of the country is all I will say. But uh, I am excited about it because it, it'll be the first bit of filming I've done for a new upcoming series that'll be coming to the YouTube channel um, sometime next year. So we'll, we'll have announcements about all that. But um Mark and I are going to cut tonight short. I have a six-year-old who is wildly upset right now that I'm not uh, saying goodnight to him. So I must go, mu- must go put my child to bed. But uh, uh, Mark, thanks for thanks for coming on with me, and yeah. uh, we'll try to get. We're going to show. We're going to p- play part two. We're going to premiere part two on the trail of Bigfoot. The search coming up here real soon on the channel. Hopefully before September is over. So, um, once, once that happens, maybe Mark and I will pop back in and we'll actually be able to get a little more in depth on this and we'll have Aaron here to steer the ship better than I do. Um, I'm not the guy for this anymore, but, uh, Mark, thanks for joining me and we're going to wrap it up for the night. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Okay. Talk to you later. You've been listening to the Small Town Monsters Broadcasting Network. If you enjoyed this show, consider giving it a like, review, rating, or sharing it with a friend. And be sure to visit smalltownmonsters.com for more info about this and other STM projects.